0: Hi, welcome to the Theta Game Podcast, the official podcast at of ThetaGame.com. I'm your host, Juni, and thanks for tuning in. These are only my opinions, and anything said in this podcast and a future podcasts should not be considered financial advice. I have stock positions in NVIDIA and Apple. Thanks. Just jumping into earnings here, um, looking at the earnings whispers chart, all I see that's really worth trading at all and again, earnings are dangerous, is that we have FedEx and Adobe uh, both announcing earnings after the bell on Tuesday. Other than that, uh, these are pretty much no-name companies that will probably have low volume and low open interest, so you'll probably get hosed on your entry and exit, so it's not probably worth your time or money. But again, uh, after close on Tuesday, you have FedEx and Adobe. More in terms of weekly plays, uh, Nikola Motors, uh, Nikola Motors, I, I've, <laughs> you know, I butcher that pronunciation every time, Nikola, Nikola, um, they've been getting a lot of flack, uh, that is due to a major short company, company that, you know, calls out people's bull poop, and uh, they targeted Nikola this time, and there's just mass amounts of videos talking about uh what the founder or CEO has said in the past and how it's contradicting things he's saying now. Uh Nikola went up quite a bit along with GM based on their part- recent partnership. Um but while that sounds bullish, there are a lot of ways to look at it from a bearish standpoint. Um, Nikola promising like a really nice battery all of their stuff is built in-house but then now outsourcing or you know basically just partnering up with GM uh, to make their their cars or batteries or all that whatnot just seems like a very you know good way for Nikola to off off put the responsibility of all that so Nikola is under a lot of selling pressure right now There are a lot of great videos um, that are pretty neutral. And I mean, this is the time when you look at a company like Nikola that you want to make sure that you're reading or watching bullish things as well as bearish things. If you find that the video or article that you're reading or watching is too much on one side, it's very easy to go on a spree of watching or reading only bearish things on Nikola right now but that will mess up your mindset big time. So you owe it to yourself to make sure, or like, just keep in the back in of your head that the you know source that you're reading or watching uh, is saying things from a neutral perspective. Are they saying facts? Like, you know, are they showing clips of videos of this, of you know, the founder saying this, and then another clip? of the founder contradicting himself, or is it just someone bashing on whatever they're saying all the time and then base, basing something off of a fact that's not s- sourced, right? So you just owe it, you owe it to yourself to make sure you're in a very neutral standpoint when you watch these videos or read these articles because it's very easy to spiral and then decide, hey, I'm gonna buy $10,000 worth of puts for maybe you know 1 month out because this has to go down and then lo and behold like it doesn't go down and you're now you're just upset because you know that this is a fraud company and this stock should go down and you start blaming on market manipulators you start you start blaming you know Robinhood traders you start doing all of these patterns that are indicative of a like a gambler right you're you're reaching you're reaching for excuses for this play to work right? If you truly don't believe in this company, you have the option to not invest in it. You can use that capital, deploy that capital to something else It is very dangerous to short It is very dangerous to buy options. It is incredibly dangerous to guess a direction. So that's just my warning with Nicola as you'll see tons of news, tons of videos start popping up about it. Uh, Just be very, very careful here. Uh, You've been warned. Something else coming up uh, is Tesla Battery Day. Let me just do one more search before I butcher it. Tesla Battery Day. Uh, I think it's September 22nd. So what day is that? That is still not this week. It is next week on Tuesday. So I'll be making one more announcement about this. Uh, So as you're hearing this, Tesla Battery Day is on September 22nd, which is next Tuesday if you're listening to this on the following Monday after this is released Um, you know, Elon's tweeted that he's going to reveal many exciting things. People are like really, I'm going to use the word again, people are reaching. I mean, every CEO is going to say that there are many exciting things coming out. Everything has to be exciting to the CEO. If it's not exciting to the CEO, how does he expect it or she expect it to be exciting to everybody else, right? So while I'm not expecting A monster rally back up to 500 because that takes a lot of market cap a lot of money to do that um you know i would expect that tesla does remain at least flat um so you know with this in mind it's a really cool time to play with like short dated options if you're experienced um otherwise you know this is definitely one of those yikes moments and plays that you're thinking about doing um like for example right now tesla is what trading at tesla stock price tesla's trading at 372 and you know while some wall street betters might think oh this is going to moon back up to 500 uh this week in lieu of battery day i highly doubt it that requires a lot of money post stock split for that to happen um I would imagine if there is some selling off into battery day, because there has been a lot of selling pressure, that's not going to be too much because there there is that volatility in play. There is that hope that it will go up after battery day, after some announcements. So this is a very unique, you know, strangle straddle type of moment that you can play here. But again, Tesla is extremely dangerous. Uh, and you should be very wary of, you know, getting into positions like a strangle or straddle, that has you know, potential unlimited loss, right? Like if Tesla somehow cures cancer and moons to $1,000, suddenly you're very, very red on the trade. You are so disgustingly red on the trade, you probably just messed up your entire life. So you have to be really careful, okay? Now, this is me, Junie, saying, you know, this is totally possible to make money off of with a straddle or a strangle. But you need to know what you're doing. You don't just Google straddle or strangle and just like deploy one on Tesla and hope for the best. You need to understand where the price needs to move. You need to monitor your position at all times, especially on a shorter expiry because of gamma risk. We're not going to talk about gamma risk right now. We'll talk about that maybe in a future episode. But again, you have to make sure you understand what your max loss is on each potential trade. There's a lot of trades where you sell the option contract that puts you in at risk for unlimited loss, and that is a very bad position. Okay. So Tesla, Battery Day, huge opportunity to make some money off of volatility. But again, I myself would not recommend it if you are new. If you are, if you don't understand what, how max loss is calculated, uh, how option uh, decay works, or, uh, you know, any, anything that might put you off about like unlimited risk and how to manage a loser that's a, that has unlimited risk, you need to defer yourself from trading Tesla, okay? You've been warned multiple times in the last two minutes. <laughs> Just be careful. In other news, on weekly plays, uh, the Twitch stream this stream uh, went really well too. I'm getting a lot better at using MS Paint uh, to diagram uh, certain uh, examples. This week we went over uh, how to or like what happens when you have a put credit spread that's in the money. That seems like a very common question um you know there are some technical difficulties that happen during the stream i'm currently only on one monitor but as soon as i'm back at home home when i have three monitors i can have chat up at the same time as my stream and uh, my diagrams on one screen and tastyworks on another screen it's going to be a lot better Um, but we're working with what we got right now while I'm visiting my parents and I'm extremely happy with every single turnout. Um, everyone's asking questions. I'd say like 99% of the questions get answered. Um, there's just that few of people on. So it's a very intimate stream. Like you, I will read your comment. Like I don't have thousands of people showing up. So if you want to stop by, say hi, hang out, ask a few questions, learn more about options and stuff feel free to tune in at twitch.tv slash Um I stream every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Pacific time. And uh, I stream sometimes very randomly without announcing it uh, if you just want to chill out and have someone to hang out with. Nice. Okay, so going into the new website updates, new Thetagang.com website updates, uh, I want to announce uh, we're sold out of Patreon seats. So every single seat on Patreon is taken, which means you cannot currently sign up to become a patron. Um, there has to be a open spot for you to take, and there won't be any more seats opening until... Uh, November. I've made that a conscious choice. I want to put more time into developing into ThetaGang.com. I don't think I can support or help um, 10 more people on a newer tier. So I'm going to keep this uh, closed off for now. So this means if you are looking to join, you need to just hope that someone does leave at the end of the month. Uh, And people always do. So just Feel free check out, check around the uh, patreoncom gang every so often and you will see us seat open. It's just it's just a part of the you know just a part of normal flow. People come in, maybe learn for a month and then bounce. Some people end up staying for a really long time. Shout out to slow motion and saltwater cure. Um, and you know as this goes on and on, I'm going to notice that more and more seats are taken on Patreon. Um, this has led to demand for a annual subscription, which I will host and program myself on ThetaGang.com. Uh, so more info on that, uh, come November, but until November, uh, we're maxed out on seats. So the only way you can grab a seat again is if one opens up and one will always open up near the end of the month. So just keep an eye out for that. Alrighty. Uh, I'm giving out a purple heart emoji flare for everyone that signed up for the first 100 uh, to follow me on Twitch. Wow, I said that really weird. The first 100 people to follow me on Twitch get a flare. I'm landing on a purple heart emoji to give out. Um, So... If you want to claim it, you gotta see me in the uh, Twitch stream every that I'd stream on every Tuesday at six p.m. Pacific time, just so I could verify that it's your account. I I've thought about um, having some import uh, input field uh, on Thetagang.com where you can put in a Twitch username. There's just no way I could verify that that's actually you because you could just be guessing usernames so just to keep it fair and fun just tune in really quickly for a twitch stream you don't need to stay on for like the whole stream or anything i'll announce it probably sometime in the beginning of the stream and you can uh say hey junie i think i'm on the list and i'll just check if you are on the list real quick and i'll give you the emoji then but you are now going to be seeing purple heart emojis for anyone that's been the first 100 followers of the twitch stream so that's pretty cool okay and so the wheel tracker is still in progress um this is my fourth time i think starting over um what's important is that theta does the wheel tracker the best uh that is my first and foremost most critical thing just because i push the wheel pretty hard um you know when people think about ThetaGang, it's the wheel it has to look good and feel good and you know just to piggyback on some feedback I've gotten before where like you know people want to track like stock price they want to track the IV they want to track the probability of profit you have to understand that most people want to be able to go into the platform and get out of the platform really quickly when you upload a trade Um, a lot of people are like why don't you put like an input field for commission why don't you put a field in for you know amount of capital or all this jazz what you have to understand is you need to just accommodate what is absolutely necessary and it's hard breaking down the wheel to what is absolutely necessary right like you don't want to have so many fields in the wheel tracker that people have to input where it it de people from tracking it in the first place so you have to make it look and feel really easy um that being said, you also can't make it too complex flow-wise because what people end up doing is like they get really excited for like the first week they they start logging trades, and then maybe during their off time or something they uh they like blow up on a really big bad trade and they don't log that and they get discouraged and they stop, um, but then they'll get encouraged again to start over and they come back and then suddenly all of their trades, some of them might have expired, some of them are halfway done. Um, and adding a wheel tracker on top of that, you need to be able to make sure that people can come back to a old wheel that might have expired that they can you know, make sense of. So you don't wanna have the user that you know got excited, discouraged and excited again to come back at a weird state. You want things to be easy and fast all the time. And this is just picking back off of uh, advice I've gotten about like Junie, why don't you track uh, probability of profit? Why don't you track uh, commission? Why don't you track, um, you know, the amount of capital requirement or why don't you track um, the current stock price? And it's like, I do want to track that. And I myself, I think would track that, but I don't think most people would Um, making the UI for tracking trades simple and looking simple is key for more people to be incentivized to start this. So maybe there will be later an advanced tab with uh, like optional fields you can put in for your, uh, for your trades, but for now, you need to make everything uh, that has to do with options incredibly simple. That's how you get more people to input trades and stuff. There are a lot of competitors to Thetagang.com that blow things way out of proportion. They require the user to upload or to input so many metrics just to upload one trade. And there are many people that do multiple trades a day and that could get incredibly annoying. So this is the tip to my you know, competitors, basically. It's like, if you want to do this, you have to do it really simple. You don't need to have the user fill out like eight things uh, to you know get past the first step or you don't need the user to upload every single metric of the trade. What's important is that the user can prove to everybody that hey, I'm willing to put my trade out there for everyone to see and when it gets down to it, if someone asks me if my trades are real, then you just show them my, uh, like the profile. Now I'm gonna plug mine real quick ww.thegang.com juni um you know it takes a lot of patience and time to build a portfolio or not portfolio um a profile like mine a lot of people see my profile and get inspired to start um but then they'll end up like stopping the uh, you know logging trades for you know after like a week like i mentioned previously um it just takes discipline you just gotta do it um, this isn't the this isn't the episode where I motivate you to keep on going. I've done that in previous episodes on tangents, so I'm gonna leave you. <laughs> I'm gonna spare you guys and girls on this episode. Um, but you know, just try your best uh, when it comes to logging trades and stuff. Uh, I make it simple so it's more uh, of an incentive to keep it going. So just understand that like I'm very much on the same boat too. I use this very same UI to log my trades as you use uh, the pro- uh, the platform to log your trades and we're on the same boat as long as I'm logging my trades you can too so yeah wheel tracker very much in progress Try to make it as simple as possible starting over for my fourth time and uh yeah it's all fun so uh yeah I will see everybody in the next section Okay, uh, today's topic is when a wheel goes wrong. Uh, this will be one of our uh, realist episodes to date um, that is due to just, you know, the nature of wheels getting very popular on YouTube and Reddit. Um, a lot of people are pushing for wheels saying that they're free money you know oh yeah i'm happy to pick up shares at this price and you know i've i've said a few of those lines too um but what separates a good trader from a bad trader is knowing what to do when the wheel goes wrong or when the stocks go down because as you all know stocks do not always go up and the ones that do joke around about stocks always going up they're the one that actually buy puts (laughs) So going into just, you know, when a wheel goes wrong, let's just bring out the old handy dandy example of Apple trading at $100. Okay, we all wish Apple was down to 100 by now, but it's not. Um, but let's pretend Apple is trading at $100. And uh, you open a wheel uh, at the $90 strike price. So let's say, for example, you expect it to go down 10% by next week so you open a what day is it today the 13th of september so you would expect to open a or sell a 90 dollar put at the 90 dollar strike price i mean uh for the 25th of september which is just about uh 14 days um if the stock price of apple dropped down to maybe like 70 or 60 bucks Um, you're on the hook to buy Apple at $90, um, which, you know, if you, if you're trading correctly and you're trading with a plan, that sounds like a fair deal to you. Someone paid you a premium, uh, as insurance for their Apple shares. And now you're on the hook to buy their Apple shares because the stock has cratered. Now, this isn't a bad position for you again, because this is something you've planned out you planned on picking this up for $90 a share, 100 shares. And um, yeah, there are just a few things that you can do in case the wheel goes wrong early enough, or maybe it goes wrong near the very end of it, or even in the middle, it just really depends on how you form or transform these next lines of uh, tips that I give you. So Um, Just understand, again, wheels are incredibly dangerous. Options are inherently dangerous. And you need to absolutely be sure you know what you're doing because I can't be responsible for any of your gains or losses for any of this just because it is you uh, orchestrating your trades. It's your plan. It is your judgment. But going forward, let's talk about Apple at the $100 strike price that expires in 14 days and then you sold a $90 strike price put. So, uh, there are a couple things that I personally like to do, Um, but I mean, looking back, and I'm going to say this first and foremost, looking back at my trades, this has not worked out most of the time. Um, I've done this maybe three times, I think. I'm just looking over my profile right now. Um, the most notable one that I did recently was for Shopify. So I had a Shopify put um, that was in the money very quickly, meaning like if you take the Apple example at hundred bucks, like let's let's compare my Shopify to Apple. If I traded Apple and sold the ninety dollars put, it basically went down to seventy bucks. So I was very red on the trade very fast. Um, so what I thought I'd do is sell a naked call, which again, is very, very dangerous to do if you don't have a long stock position or any obligations that you currently have. But if you are on the hook to be assigned uh, shares at a certain strike price, then you kind of know where your basis is in order to sell this naked call. Um, and forgive me, this is you know, this is not a visual, uh, platform uh, i'll most likely do a recap of this on the twitch stream so if you are in a wheel or if you're having trouble understanding wheels or just anything or just about wheels going red um, tune into the next twitch stream this will probably be the main topic so let's take the apple example and let's put my shoes in it let's say apple trades at 100 bucks i sold the dollar put but apple is now trading at 70 dollars what i can choose to do is sell the maybe uh 95 naked call and what that what that does is it protects me uh from further down movement because i'd be now collecting premium on the way down further uh from the 95 call that i sold because that's a bearish trade um but it also lowers my break even in case apple starts to go up So maybe it craters down to $70 just off of some news. Maybe Tim Cook said something bad. Um, And then uh, I sell the the 95 call. Now, if for whatever reason, the air gets cleared and Apple starts trending back up, well, now I've already collected premium from the 95 call. So on the way back up, my original 90 put that I sold has a better break even because I've already collected premium on a 95 call. Adding positions on top of losing positions is basically called hedging. And while this could be called hedging and while I don't do it often, I do do it for bigger positions that I'm just a little bit more mindful of. Um, this is very much the case with my current Tesla position. My patrons are very aware of what my plans are. Um, but this is just to say that I do in fact use what I teach, right? Like I don't want to just say things and then just have you guys and girls just go willy nilly on whatever I say. Like, I just wanted you to know that these are things that I do frequently do at least enough to be able to talk about it. Um, going back just a little bit, um, the shop shop hedge where i sold the naked call remember i was comparing shopify and apple just for the sake of this example but looking at my specific shop hedge that one did not go as well as planned right so what originally happened was let's reference back to apple just because i like the hundred dollar strike price for example um apple currently trading 100 i sold the 90 creators on the 70 i sold the 95 call but then it ends up going to 96, 97, 98. It goes past my call. Uh, In that case, because the stock has rebounded, I fully now recouped all my losses from the 90 put that I sold, and now my 95 call is in danger, right? However, there is this very, very small gap in time and price where you can actually exit your hedge for a very, very good price. You will exit your hedge for a loss, but that your, your hedge will more than likely be less than the premium that you receive from the 90 put or the original position. That is because when you opened the 95 call, it is worth a lot less than the 90 put you originally sold. That's just how options work. Because remember, if the stock is currently trading at 70 bucks, and you sell the 95 call, you're not getting that much for it because the chance of that happening is very low. But in my specific case with Shopify, that did happen. So what I did was I ended up taking the loss on the quote 95 call, but the premium that I originally lost and got back and then more because of the original premium received for the 90 put put me green on the entire trade. So this is just an example of Like a very realistic scenario of what you can do to maybe optimize your loss. I'm not going to say that you know you can save every wheel, um, but this was a very specific example of what I've done with my Shopify position and what I've done uh, with my Tesla position now. Um, Just to put more specifically, um, if you are losing on the Apple trade, Apple's trading at hundred bucks, you sold the ninety put, Apple's trading at seventy dollars. What you can optionally do instead is sell the 95 call, like we mentioned before, but also sell the 50 put. So you're basically putting on a short strangle on top of your current position that basically says, hey, Apple will crater to 70 bucks. You know what? I don't think it's gonna crater all the way down to 50, but if it did, I'm willing to double down on position. Um, if it goes back up to 95 and then plus some I can do you know similar something similar to what Junie said and then exit the 95 before the max premium on the 90 put that's also available but what a strangle does is it puts you in the mindset to really own up to why you enter the put in the first place right so if you entered the 90 put on Apple originally your mindset is like Okay, I'm down to pick up Apple because it's a good company. It's a long-term hold. it got good dividends. It has good buyback programs. It's a wearables company. It has healthcare. It's tech. It's got everything. And then it creates a 70. You better be excited to pick up those shares at 90. And then you better be even more excited to pick up those shares at 50, right? So it makes sense to write an additional put uh, to lower your break even in case both of them get assigned because it's a better position to end up in overall however that requires more capital right and you've liked this tweet more than once i've liked this tweet more than once it's that you never go all in on one position so i mean assuming that you've liked this tweet of never going all in one position you should have some capital left over to be able to double down right the quote says like you should never allocate more than one percent of your portfolio in any one trade everyone has liked that tweet in their lifetime sometime or another right you've seen that maybe in reddit you've upvoted it before maybe you know someone on wall street bets has like some like breakthrough and they, they write this really long dd post and they give out like 10 listen 10 things that say like oh these are what i learned over the my course of my wins and my losses right you guys and girls actually upvote those things but never follow through with those so this is a a very specific example of a very popular strategy uh on the losing side where you can actually apply that so again you're losing really badly on a wheel you can choose to open a more uh out of the money uh put as well as the call that was previously mentioned the first example opening a short strangle and now you're winning on both sides Um, Now, say Apple craters down to $30, then at least your net position is better. I mean, Apple cratering down to $30 is really, really bad. But you are in a much better position to sell aggressive covered calls on the way down and etc. Oh my gosh, I had to take a break there. Um, Going back to the first example where you are losing on the Apple position... Um, and Apple's currently trading at $70, you sold a 90 put. You can think about the 95 call that you're selling as a early covered call. That's at least how I interpret it in my head whenever I do it. It's just like, okay, I'm gonna get assigned at 90 bucks, um, and stock is at 70 bucks you know, I don't think it's gonna go past 90 or 95 by the time I get assigned. so I might as well collect some premium as I'm waiting for this to get signed, right When you are in the hole on a wheel, uh, you have the option to of course exit the trade for a loss, but that kind of defeats the purpose of the wheel, which is something I never recommend. Um, but you're not a sitting puppy. you can absolutely, do something to make your position better. at But that does come with a cost, right? It comes with the cost of accepting more of a max loss in case if you sell the lower put, or it, it makes it so that um, you, know, you have potential if you're not watching your trades carefully that if it does rebound, you're at risk of an infinite loss scenario. So there are a lot of pros and cons to hedging. And while I'm not a fan of hedging based on macros. Um, There are a lot of successful people that trade by hedging like Peru. Um, I'm not one to advocate for hedging, especially if it's a put credit spread scenario or a call credit spread scenario. If you are wrong on a spread, I would not suggest rolling the trade or, um, you know, doing any hedging on the trade. I feel like when you write your contracts that are spreads, you have a max loss for a reason and you should have accounted for that a long time ago. It's like, if you have a max loss of $500 on this trade, right when you open it, you should have the mindset of, hey, I just lost $500, otherwise any profit I get from this is great. It's a very weird way to think about it, like why would you ever wanna lose money on a spread or any trade that you open, but as I promise, if there's a trade that requires you to hold on to it for a long period of time, you're going to benefit for holding it on to a long period of time, right? You don't want to exit out trades where time is in your favor, which is when you sell contracts. A lot of people flip the switch from buying to selling and they, they're constantly exiting their winners too early because they end up coming to me and say, oh, Junior, if I held on to this longer, uh, this would have been green, dang it, how do I fix this? It's like, you just have to be okay with the max loss scenario every time you open one. And that means assignment for the wheel or um, you know just losing a net amount of money on a spread. Now, all of this is very complicated. I don't expect any new listener to be able to follow this very well. Um, But, you know, for the ones that are intermediate and maybe advanced, I absolutely expect you to understand this. But also, it is, you know, there is some difficulty in visualizing this all in your head. So that's, again, why the Twitch stream is super important. You can come into the Twitch stream and ask All the questions you ever want, I usually stream for just an hour so it's very dense and you get a lot of content right then and there. It's not like a dragged out stream. I'm not just chatting, I'm like very much trying to do something the entire time. And then if you want further help, if you want like a neutral place, where people are hyping each other up, and you know people are being real with each other, giving real advice. There are memes, but like not meme city, right? You know, you want to be able to joke around, but also get serious answers. Um, then the Discord or the Patreon is for you. Unfortunately, there's no there's no more spots open, but there will be more open in November. Otherwise, you can grab a seat at the very end. Um, you know, options are very hard to hone in with a system stocks are much simpler right you know when when the market goes down buy more stocks that's not so hard but when you get when you're a very emotional person and you start dealing with contracts that go up and down uh in value constantly and much faster and with more magnitude uh you you get susceptible to emotional trading a lot faster And you just need to be surrounded by people that are like-minded and trade like you um, to prevent any sort of spiraling or any tilting. Um, Now, a lot of people, swing traders, boomer traders, millennial traders, all listen to the podcast. I have a very large demographic, and I'm thankful for that. There's guys and girls that listen to this is that the main thing you need to watch out for when you're learning any new strategy like the wheel is that when you learn from people that are teaching this, you know, it's hard, but you have to make sure that they're good too, right? Like if they, if they tout that, you know, they're going to teach you something, make sure that, you know, they have some sort of records of their trades or that, you know, that they have some, some, you know, timeline, some tweet timeline of like how they trade during like bad, scary times, like you have to make sure that the person you're learning from is actually decent. And just a final note, um, it is very easy to get sucked in to uh, someone that's going to promise you gains. And when a service, you know, shows off like oh this is the more this is the amount of gains that we've been making we're booming we're we're doing great we're calling these puts correctly and we're calling the calls correctly we're doing amazing good job team it's very different when you're in the service okay not every single play is going to hit and if you're newer and you want to pay for one of these services just be aware that it's still up to you to determine if it's the correct play or not. That is a major difference between my service and another person's service is that I don't pl- I don't just shout out plays or like potential winners and then claim the winners after they win. I don't that's not that's not my thing. You have to understand that someone that has a service is has a much bigger cushion to be wrong than you. When someone has a service, they have an amount of side income. I have an amount of side income for TheityGang.com through Patreon, and I'm very grateful. But I with that you know gratitude, I make sure that I don't try to trick people into thinking, like, if you join, you're going to become rich. I actually con- don't con- like condone that like at all. If you seem like a desperate person trying to make money, I instantly refund you and then just leave the spot open for someone that wants to learn, right? So... It is up to you if you join a service to determine what you want to do uh, from that moment on. Do you want to learn from that person? Do you just want to make money and hope that you're picking the right place from that person? Um, Because you need to make sure that one day, or maybe not even one day, that you are able to fly solo, that you're able to do trades on your own, have a good neutral mindset going forward. Because what happens is, you will end up joining one of these, you know, services from other people that say, "Oh, you know, uh, we got tons of option picks ready for you to start this week," and then it's still up to you to pick the right ones. If you don't pick the right one, and you, you know you're new, you're excited, and you put in like half of your portfolio in it, and you lose, you're in the hole, and now you're stuck, right? And that's what I want to prevent to happen. Is like make sure, and I'm, I have full-blown confidence in saying all this because i'm not even trying to flex my own service right all my seats are sold out all i'm trying to say is if you're looking for a service you need to make sure you know what you want to get out of it if you want to learn if you want to have a community if you want to follow someone's plays make sure that like you're really you really know what you're getting yourself into and to that i just say everybody this week it's going to be it's going to be pretty bumpy, you know, the the sell off happening and there's going to be rumors of like, oh, this that was just this yeah, that was just uh, the entire sell off or go bounce from here or that was just the first wave down, more to come. Keep a steady head, you know, the price doesn't have to go up, price does not have to go down either. You don't have to trade, all that's optional. And uh yeah, just keep a level head and uh good luck this week. Okay, hope everyone enjoyed today's episode. Uh, you can follow me on Twitch at Real Theta Gang, where I stream every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Pacific Time. You can follow me on Twitter at Real Theta Gang, and you can email me at Junie at ThetaGang.com. Theta Gang is proudly partnered with Tastyworks, and signing up with the Theta Gang referral code is a huge help. There have been hella people signing up with the Theta Gang referral code, and I'm entirely grateful. If you've used it, you've deposited 2k into a US-based Tastyworks account using the referral code, email me at junithe at gamecom and I'll sign you up with the cherry flare and the Twitter alerts for a month. Um I've actually just let people on the Twitter alerts just on for like I don't know, up to 2 months now, uh just because this entire month has just been so good. Um so thank you again. If you've used it, don't feel bad for like emailing me and saying, "Hey, where's my stuff?" like I owe it to you. Thank you for supporting the podcast and website. It means a lot. Um, I want to give a extended shout out to Lifesaver eighty seven, Majidir, France, Mike D, Slow Motion, JZN, mikos One Percent Max, Jtz, Gaines Goblin, Hunter Joe, row Cheese, Mitch Brady Seven, Make More Two, Craig Thomas, GJ Wilson, Pitlesk, Hedy, Tom Tom Hamas. BK Trade, Baked Potato, Gonzo Brusto Tio, Kate, Nah, Slim 408, Maltman, 1856. XJS ATM machine flip flop mano dum, dum dum ground pound ninety five Hassan seven eight nine Leo Jetson fancy wolf wayside just send it Murph Q Elfinco Norphis Bat trader chicken dinner I love saying those two together just essential saltwater cure Lord Skeletor cheddar Matthew Hans lazy reservist the jester Krispy Cream boy Hermes Caput Winia Jr Rustier Shifty and fish Picolone AG and Ensis thank you so much for the ongoing support and we will slowly dive into the 1% game okay um what do i got to report on i'll probably keep this i'll try to keep this to 5 minutes um the sweaters are still not done yet but to be honest it really doesn't matter because i'm not back at home back at home is where i'm having them printed uh, I want to wear it on stream as the grand reveal, and I am for sure 100% going to be giving one away on the stream. That is 100% going to happen. It's just too too good of content to pass up. Um, I'm pretty firm on the $100 price of the sweater. Uh, I'll just put a very long description of the exact costs of what go into it and exactly how much profit I'm making and then how much of the profit I'm going to be donating. I think it just make a lot more sense once you read the description. Um, Let's see, what else? The Twitch streams, like I've mentioned in the earlier podcasts, or earlier in the podcast, like, it's going really well. I'm really liking the turnout. Uh, I'm very lucky. Um, I just wish I had more monitors, again, as mentioned previously on the podcast. Um what else is up? Uh, my mom is doing a lot better, like way better. Uh, I'm taking some pseudo time off from my work. I mean, I'm still working, being in meetings and architecting a few things. But um, compared to the last time I visited here, uh, because I was working, I wasn't able to spend time with my mom all too much. Uh, and I couldn't really help. So now that i'm being able to spend the mornings with my mom and everything it's like it's an incredibly drastic change um it's like night and day difference uh it's it's like a physical difference too she'll have like anxiety marks on her like face and maybe her arms are like scratching but like that's gone now um and she used to send me pictures of just when she'd be almost the saddest and it'd be like really painful to look at my phone sometimes because my mom would do that. But I don't know. My mom also the strong type of person too. She wouldn't do that unless if she was really struggling, which is why I'm back up here. And I'm just telling you guys and girls this because I think, you know, mental health issues are really important. And, you know, it is very important to make time for your family. I was ready to quit my job. Um... Because if they wouldn't give me the time off I needed to spend time with my mom in the mornings, I was ready to quit. Thankfully, my job didn't make me make that ultimatum. They've given me the time off that I needed to make sure my mom was okay. So I'm going to be paying that forward by probably staying a little bit longer than I originally planned to. What else is what else is going on? Um, huh. I don't know. I I almost consider my life perfect right now. I mean with my mom feeling better, I'm just ultimately grateful that I have a side project I'm working on. Um, I'm surrounded by people that love me here in Norcal and back in SoCal. Um, my opinion on friends has definitely changed. I thought before friends were based definitely like all proximity based. And while that is still true, I think it's less true just seeing how much I bonded with the house that I currently live in over the last year. So that's pretty cool. Um, So this is for all the shy boys and shy girls that are listening to the end. Like, you can find friends any stage in life. I kind of thought that, like, after college, it's, like, impossible to make friends. But it's not. It definitely depends on what opportunities you go out to and how you present yourself, of course. Like, don't be... A triggering butt, <laughs> like I am on Twitter in real life. Again, Twitter is more like just a persona. Um, let's see. Um, yeah, I, I'm just really proud of today's topic. Um, I feel like there's just too many people saying, you know, wheels. You know, wheels are the best, and I'm only doing wheels, and they like never talk about the downside. So this is as real about the downside as i could get uh yeah i mean i'm not gonna not acknowledge the fact that the wheel is a good strategy i think it's plenty good but the negatives aren't talked about enough and i think that's about it um again just really happy with this episode um and if you i mean if you've listened this far like just understand that yeah, you're going to see a lot of headliners about how we're going to start going towards the bottom, towards COVID lows. And you're also going to see headlines about how you know this is the dip you need to buy before the bull market continues on without you, right? So definitely formulate a plan um, now before you get susceptible to reading those headlines and emotionally trading. Um, because really in the end it's just about how you control when and how you get tilted because everyone gets tilted eventually it's just a matter of time and then it's just how much discipline you exercise when you know it does happen it's like you know you're going to realize some pretty dangerous scenarios when you're in some of them better if you're just more cognizant and learning about uh, like those situations outside of that context um oh, that's a lot of big words i'm sorry <laughs> yeah i usually tout my podcast as the one you, you listen to with, with without the fear of big financial words or just big words in general um that's it that's it everyone thank you for listening this far um yeah just super happy super grateful i'm in a really good mental state and i'm just excited to be working on this a passion project and just happy. My family is healthy. My relationships with my friends and my girlfriend are healthy. And uh, I'm healthy. I know that's all I could be grateful for. So thank you. And I'll see everybody next week.